Today on The Travel Guys. In the travel news, if you're going to a theater in San Francisco or New York, you'll need a mask. Using fake vaccination documents can cost you a pretty good chunk of change. And American and United tell their frequent flyers, we love you just as much as Delta loves their faves. Next in the news. Southwest, American, and Spirit have all had problems over the past few weeks getting all their scheduled flights in the sky. Not enough pilots, ramp workers, the airlines are pretty vague. Operational issues, they say. Well, at 3.20, our Smarter Traveler segment, Mark tells you what has really happened and how it's likely to impact travelers for quite, some, uh, for quite a while. Recently, we told you about how Hilton is changing their housekeeping policy. Unless you request it, it's once every five days. So how do you feel about that? Do you like not having a housekeeper in your room? Or are you, are you on the clean it all up for me side? We want to hear your opinion on the phone at 335. Family travel is full of challenges at any time. Your partner, the kids, so, uh, assorted with, uh, with guests, uh, moms and dads, all out on an adventure. Now at 350, we talk with a special guest about family travel and give you some family travel tips. We have a show to make you a smarter traveler. We are Tom and Mark, the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. To Alaska, I go north to Russia's own. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys here on the radio. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. By the way, you can follow along, links to our special guests, and lots of stuff to make you a smarter traveler at TravelGuysRadio.com. Well, I woke up this morning, and I looked out, and by golly, the sky was blue. Unlike yesterday and the day before when we had all the uh, the smoke and, and all, I'm glad to see it's clearing a little bit. Uh, first of all, our uh, our thoughts go out to all of the people uh, in the fire areas, uh, to all of the emergency folks that are firemen and trying to, to get things under control. All of those, they see a lot of people that are helping out uh, with moving animals from one place to another out of the fire danger and parking them and getting pastures and places where they can uh, where they can be safe. So good luck, you guys. We're uh, we're praying for you. How you doing, Mister Mark? What's new? I'm doing okay. I'm here in Sac of Tomatoes, California. That you know that that that. When you say sack of tomatoes, that just really bothers some people. But when I was oh, a yeah. little, when I was 16 years old, I inspected tomatoes one summer at the Burkett Richards Cannery, and <laughs> so sack of tomatoes to me is, you know, I made a lot of money that summer. I, they paid me, the state paid me two dollars and five cents an hour, which doesn't sound like much, but the minimum wage then was like a buck sixty. So wow, man, you yeah, were raking it in. I'm rolling in the loot. 40 hours for a kid who was 16 years old working 40 hours a week during the summer. Man, I'll tell you what, I almost built me a palace, but 
didn't quite have quite well, enough. There you, there you go. You uh, you uh, you familiar with a movie, uh, The Killer Tomatoes? No. I think that was fil- what filmed in Sacramento, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Look it up. Anyway, uh, shall we get right to it? We got uh, lots of good stuff in the news. We do, and some good stuff in the Smarter Traveler segment. And then we're going to ask folks to share their opinions with us. After the news at the bottom of the hour, what do you think about this housekeeping thing? Are you happy there'll be fewer people in your room looking through your stuff and things? Or does it (laughs) anger you that you're going to have to come back and make your own bed in the afternoon? So I really would love to know what people think at 335 this afternoon. So, yeah, let's go ahead with the news, shall we? All right. At the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with the latest, here's Mark. Well, we have a growing list of people and places that are going to require a proof of vaccination for indoor activities. You can add New York City dining, uh, gyms, uh, restaurant facilities, things like that. Workers and customers alike will have to show they have received at least one vaccine dose. The owners and operators of all 41 Broadway theaters in New York will require vaccinations for audience members as well as performers, backstage crew, and theater staff. Uh, through October of 2021, you know, many Broadway uh, theaters, one is going to start up next week. Um, but uh, the rest of them, several more will start up in early September, some more in later September. Masks will also be required for audiences inside the theater, except when eating or drinking in the lobby. So Broadway San Francisco announces its COVID policy. Vaccination will re- be required for all ticket holders. A negative test uh PCR tests will also be accepted. There will be a mandatory mask requirement for Broadway San Francisco. They get started with Hamilton, which starts up Tuesday and runs for four weeks, and then they're going to get back into their regular schedule. Do you see a little bit of a trend there? You want to oh, go absolutely. someplace cool and be yeah. with a lot of people, um, then you're mm-hmm. going to have to play by these little rules. Well, uh, gee, I, I think these rules were in place once before, mm-hmm. and uh, as they come back, I just feel it's going to be so much harder. People are going to say, "Oh, well, I, I don't know what the rule is," uh, mm-hmm. and are they going to are they going to hold people's feet to the fire? I've, I've noticed that you know, there's a lot of restaurants, whether they're just walk-in sandwich shops or whatever, that still have their sign out that says, "Wear a mask when you come in here." Mm-hmm. And I, I've noticed that only about half the people do. I went into Baskin Robbins last night and didn't have my mask on. I left it in the car. And I said, oh, I forgot my mask. And the girl, little girl behind the counter said, oh, it's okay. And I thought, well, you know, and now it's and I said to her, I said, no, that's all right. I'll, I'll go back out and get it. I'm, you know, I'm in the parking space in front of the door, for God's sake. Speaking of which, United Airlines uh, Tom, you mentioned this to me as I was putting the, the news together, and so I dug up the story. Um, they announced just a Friday that they will require all U.S. employees to get COVID vaccines. This is the first domestic United States carrier to require um, all of their staff to be vaccinated. Uh, if you want to eat in a Bay Area bar, we mentioned that. There's a whole list now. I think you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com, and we have this list posted for you. Um, it's not all of them, but it posts a good number of of greater Bay Area bars and restaurants that are requiring proof of vaccination if you want to go and dine or have a couple of cocktails there. Here's an interesting story. A couple people tried to use fake vaccine cards to enter Canada from the United States, Tom. Guess what it's going to cost them? 
16,000 bucks. Holy moly. Each. Each. This is not a special. Yeah. uh, The passengers also failed to stay at government-authorized accommodations, which is required uh, right now, at least until tomorrow, uh, for the country's government. Canada's public health agency said on Friday they didn't identify the passengers, but um, they are the first case of travelers using fake vaccination documents to enter the country that Canada has caught them. Uh, They were fined $20,000 Canadian, which is about $16,000 U.S., so for those of you mm-hmm. who are who are using or thinking of using documents that are not real, just know that there are some people out there who are capable of identifying that. And if they do, that uh, the fine could be kind of big, kind of big. Cruise lines yeah. are saying. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say this is probably a uh, a crime or, or a violation that is uh, really high up the ladder in regards to being a federal violation of sorts. Yeah. Thus, thus the the price tag is way higher. Cruise lines, COVID-19 protocols, they say they are working. Um, Despite the fact that the Delta variant is all over the place, the cruise lines say they have had relatively few problems so far. Of course, now let's let's remember, all the cruises to this point have sailed from places outside the United States. You fly to the Bahamas, you get on the boat there because the rules are a little bit different. And so um, this has given them an opportunity to get started. We've had a couple cases. The Celebrity Millennium had one vaccinated passenger test positive uh, late last month. Um, so they, the other thing is they're getting very good reviews from the passengers who are on board about how they're handling these situations that, that inevitably are going to arise where you're going to have somebody who has tested positive or become sick on board. And where do you go from, from there? in a lot of people's minds is going to determine what they go home and tell their friends, which is going to determine how many people book your cruises in the weeks to come. So anyways, we've been tough on the cruise line. So kudos to them, at least so far for having a system in place. In fact, one cruise line uh, flew when they got to the next port of call, took the positive passengers off the boat and flew them home in a private jet. So not saying that everybody is going to do that, but at least that was one cruise line's, way of handling it if you are looking to travel right now southwest airlines has an excellent sale going on they do these sales once a quarter but this is the first time that i have seen one in a year or so they haven't really been having these quarterly sales of course they do sales every couple of weeks but you have until august the 12th in this particular sale it's probably the best sale of the quarter so if you are thinking of traveling uh anytime up through the up through the Thanksgiving holidays and into the early part of December, it might behoove you to take a look at Southwest fares. Also know that when Southwest has a sale, it frequently causes other airlines to match those fares, at least on corresponding routes and times of the day. So if you see if you're an American person and you see a good flight on Southwest that you'd like, then log on to American and see if they haven't matched that fare already for you. Save yourself a few bucks. Delta Airlines announced last week that they were extending their elite status. Now United and American have done the same thing. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in our next segment. And, Tom, that is your travel news for today. All right. And we are the Travel Guys. By the way, if you were listening last week, uh, we kind of went on and on in the last portion of the program about the uh, the virus and travel and uh, the new variants, uh, the Delta and uh 
I talked a lot about whether I was going to be getting on a plane and going to San Antonio. And uh, the decision was made by the Romano household that that would not be a, a good idea to expose ourselves on a plane and show up uh, with a uh, with a, a future mama and a future baby. Mm-hmm. So uh, we spared them to, the, the worry. No, we don't even have to worry about it. And we did something that probably a lot of people did. We did a, a Zoom baby shower yesterday and you know what it, it was wasn't like being there but yeah you know it, it everybody was safe and it was the second best thing so i just wanted to let the listeners know there were might have been curious as to whether whether tom and steph and sarah well you've been you've been really on the conservative side in terms of being safe during this until the vaccines came out you were practically a hermit so I mean, you well, and 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 yeah, you're and my you hermit status continues. Well, you didn't get sick, and your wife no, isn't no. sick, and your family isn't sick. So to some extent, um, you have whatever it is you're doing, it's working. <laughs> All righty. With that being said, let's move on. The work continues as we hit our smarter traveler segment. It's coming up next, right here on the Travel Guys. Hey there, uh, Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys, every Sunday, 3 to 4, here on this radio station, on uh, iHeartRadio as well. Podcasts can be found at iHeartRadio, and don't forget about TravelGuysRadio.com. Way too much information and things to remember, huh, Mark? Way too much information to remember and things. Hey, listen, uh, speaking of listen to the radio. Yeah? We yeah. have, I, I have, I've gotten word that we have a group of sports leisure travelers who are out on the road. Right now they are in the upper peninsula of Michigan. It's called the Keweenaw. And a lot of copper came out of there many, many years ago. And the copper people, when they were making all that money, built magnificent theaters and you know buildings and stuff like that. And so now all these years later, a lot of that stuff remains. And so our folks, plus some really beautiful scenery, on, particularly on Lake Michigan, so our folks are up there roaming around on their way to Mackinac Island, ultimately, which, of course, is truly one of the great destinations. If you've never stayed at the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island, um, I can tell the folks who are listening on the radio and who are on their way there that they're in for a real treat in a couple of days. Because not not only is it a great hotel, but it's like taking a step back in time. So, wonderful place. So, thank you for listening on the radio all the way up in Upper Michigan. And by the way, Tom, we have, I hear, I get emails from people on a pretty regular basis who never traveled with my company, don't listen to KFBK, but have stumbled upon us. And they're in all parts of the United States. Occasionally, I'll get one from overseas or something. I'll have to get a list of those. And maybe one of these days, we'll, we'll do a shout out to all those folks who are listening from other cities. That's great. That's great. That, yeah, and it's it's even more fun when when you you know get a call like you did. You got a notification that your 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 travelers were listening right now in real time. That, that's yeah. great. Well, you guys have a good time. Wish I was with you. Yeah, behave yourselves and write if you get work. Uh, we have something here. This is the first of three little parts of the story. Travelers United tells Secretary Buttigieg to focus on basic travel changes. Our friends at Travelers United say that the Department of Transportation secretary could wave his pen and do four important things for travelers. They are display passenger protection posters in airports. Europe does it. Why don't we do it here? Tell people what their rights are. Print the basic consumer protections 
on all boarding passes and itineraries at no extra charge. Just tell people what their rights are. I mean, we all know oh, why my. this isn't. We all know why this isn't happening. But the point <laughs> here is that this could happen. Um, here's another interesting point: handle all arguments about family seating through the rulemaking process. Um, instead of letting airlines make different policies, is make a rule about family seating on airlines and that everybody has to stick to. And finally, this is the one that bridges to the second story. Passenger refunds hold the number one rank as, as a consumer issue, according to the Department of Transportation. The airlines got 54 to 59 B is in billion dollars in assistance grants. More if loans are included. That's just money we gave them, then we loaned them some money. Um, the airlines keep an additional, everybody's guessing, about 10 billion bucks in potential consumer refunds if these credits expire. So all the Secretary of Transportation has to do is, with his pen, he can, he can declare that consumers can use their airline credits forever, like cash, with the issuing carrier. So he could do that pretty easily, which brings me to the second part of the story. Uh, the National Consumers League calls on Congress and the Department of Transportation to investigate the flight cancellation crisis. Um, Spirit canceled more than 400 uh, flights in 48 hours, nearly 60% of its schedule. American canceled about 350 flights, which is a little less than 20% of its. Southwest had almost 20% of their flights be late on a consecutive basis for a, over a 10-day period. If you know Southwest Airlines, they're almost never late. They're incredibly mm-hmm. efficient, and unless they get weather or a train plane truly breaks down, they're almost never late. The reason that they're late is because, and the reason Spirit is canceling planes is when they say it's operational issues, well, okay, it is operational issues. They don't have enough people. They don't have enough help. While we were at commercial break, I get a text from one of our uh, one of my staff who's out traveling. He's sitting in Richmond, Virginia. They've waited 20 minutes for the guy to come up and move the jet gate. Why? Because there's only one guy in the Richmond airport to move the gate. There's usually two. And so there's just a little tiny example of, you know, folks are sitting there on the airplane for 20 minutes. It probably won't change anybody's life to have to sit on the airplane. But if you were landing at a hub airport and you had a connection, 20 Mm -hmm. minutes might mean that you didn't make your daughter's wedding or whatever it is that you were going to. So the fact that the airlines don't have enough help, a lot of people don't have enough help. We gave the airlines, taxpayers gave the airlines over $50 billion. And one of the reasons we gave them that money was so they could keep their staff so that when travel geared back up again, they wouldn't have gone bankrupt and they would be able to handle it. Travel geared back up again. But the airlines had asked so many people to take voluntary separations or voluntary extended time off, they didn't have enough help. Now, if, an air, if, if your employer said to you, hey, here's uh, 1500 bucks, take six months off, and you agreed to do it, and he came back in three months and said, hey, I, I kind of need you to come back to work, you might tell him, you know, uh, dude, we made an agreement, and I'll see you in three months. So now what the guy has to do is he has to say, well, tell you what, I'll give you another 1500 bucks if you'll come back to work. Because everybody else on the ground and in the sky is, is working double time, 
in order to make up for the people that aren't there. I know people on the Southwest Ramp in St. Louis. I know people on the American Ramp in Los Angeles. They have both told me for weeks that they're working at about 80% of their staffing. So when you go out to the airport and a Southwest flight is an hour late in the evening, that probably didn't just happen. They were probably 10 minutes late after their first flight and 20 minutes late after their second flight, et cetera, et cetera, because what they report from the ramp is there aren't enough people to load and unload the baggage and all of the packages and everything to be able to make the system run on time. And they're all working and doing the best job they can. So when you're sitting in the in, in baggage claim, like our folks that were last night who had come home from Seattle and it and the bags it seemed like took forever to get there, it's just because they don't have enough help. We gave them all that money to keep their help. They didn't keep the help, and they took the money, a pox on their houses. Yeah, and they better give some back later, too. Oh. All right, uh, 30, seconds away from a, 30 seconds away from a newscast coming up. After the news, we're going to invite you to call in and tell us how you feel about not having – House service, house cleaning in your room. Are you ready to give that up? How's that going to affect your life? Uh, let's see. What is it? 921-1530 at, at 916-921-1530 or 800-834-1530. All right. That's coming up after the news next. All the leaves are back. We are back. It's Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget TravelGuysRadio.com, links to uh, special guests and uh, posts and future. We, we, even have, we even have links to, to interviews we haven't even done yet. Mute your mute your cell phone, mute your Mark. Cell phone there. I, I know. <laughs> I, I I knew you'd like that one. That's, okay. That's well, let's let's get started. What do we? We've got a couple of callers on the line. But before we begin, Mark, let's just reset this and let folks know what we're going to be doing. We are just taking some calls here to see how how you feel about Hilton has announced that except for the very top brands, they're not going to come into your room except every five days. So my questions are, and and they say this is what people want. And I say, well, if this is what people want, why is it that only the people in your upscale brands want housekeeping every day? And whatever happened to the thing like when we had with the Las Vegas shooting where nobody went in the guy's room for a lot of days and he had an arsenal in there and hotels said they were going to go in and make sure that that never happened again. So that's those are kind of my points. So uh, I'll let you introduce our caller. All right. From Antelope, uh, who do we have on the line? Hello there. Hi. Louise. Hi. Hi there. Hi. How are you? Hi, welcome to the Travel Guys. Uh, we're talking uh, room service, or not room service, but maid service in hotels. Uh, are you ready to give it up? Um, I prefer to give it up. I'm a Hilton Diamond. It's just fine with me. Typically, I will stay in a hotel sometimes for months at a time. I have um, signs that I put up in the room that's saying, do this, do that. I have it in Spanish and I have it in English. And I put the do not disturb sign on my door. I let them come in once a week to change sheets and give me towels. I prefer them not to come into my room. Well, now Very here's, good. That's interesting. Yeah. Somebody who kind of who, who is, uh, stays in hotels a lot. Would you, how, what, how, what percentage of your time would you say you spend in hotels overnighting? Well, before COVID, <laughs> quite a bit, but 
We haven't been traveling since COVID, but we will again. Uh, I think the last time a long stay was in Alaska for three and a half months. Uh Um, And then, you know, so I don't know, a third of the time I stay in hotels. So you you don't consider that to be a loss of value. You consider it to be something that you prefer because then you don't have people coming into your room all the time. Right. The most inconvenient situation I've encountered is some hotels say, oh, no, we can't come in only once a week. We have to come in either every two or three days. And that Mm -hmm. to me was an inconvenience. I didn't really want them to do that because I first thing I do is clean the room thoroughly with wipes. I clean everything. And then I don't want them to come in and use their dirty towels to wipe my counters and stuff like that. This was long before COVID. It has nothing to do with COVID. Got it. Okay. Well, you just happen to be, you know, you have a preference in regards to how you like things done. You've always managed the cleanliness of your own room like it's your home. And you don't want them to, you know, I'm one of those people that go, is that rag that they use to wipe things down when they come in here really clean? Or did she use yeah. that to wipe down the last the last six rooms? Let me ask our caller, Tom. Um, yes. you, you you said you you would prefer that they only come in once a week, and you don't want people to come in to clean. How do you feel about let's say a hotel security opening your door every third day and just taking a look around the room to make sure that you don't have, you know, a suitcase full of guns or something like that? Is that okay? Is um, is yeah, that okay that, with you? Yeah, that would that would be okay to do that. And just to make sure I didn't die in there or something, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. and it's, Well, no, but that's a valid point, too. I'm sure that's happened in hotels. Somebody kicks oh, yeah. the bucket, and they got the Do Not yeah. Disturb sign on, and it's I, several I, days before anybody goes in. Yeah. Right. I just well, outstanding. not come in and clean it. You know? Well, thank you. Thank you so much for chiming in. We appreciate it, okay? And, and I sure hope you're out on the road and traveling like you used to sooner than later. Let's uh, let's go to Folsom, California. Bruce, welcome to the Travel Guys. Ruth, I'm sorry. I misheard. Misstepped. Stepped in it. Ruth, That's welcome okay. to the Travel Guys. <laughs> will you go will you hey, look, will you just will you just be Bruce for now? <laughs> sure, that works. Anyway. Oh, okay. Thank thanks, Ruth. But, what but, what uh, but, what are your thoughts? So I go down with a friend um, once a year down to Ontario for a big convention sort of thing, the thing that meets. It's the big thing for Ontario. But anyway, you know, the couple years ago, it was, well, we got probably three years. Last year didn't happen. But, you know, they offer us a discount if we don't want the housekeeping every day. And uh-huh. um, my friend and I have been taking that, you know, because we can smooth out a bed and what we usually do is chase them down maybe for some fresh towels during the week. And then um, the biggest problem we had last year was that we wanted washcloths. And, and of course, the gal with the housekeeping cart doesn't understand English. And so we finally had to get our phone translators out and see what washcloths translated to in Spanish. But, you know, otherwise, otherwise I've had... Deals like I go to some of those things and I want to come back in the afternoon and take a nap, and that's always about the same time they want to come and clean the room. So, right, just soon not have the conflict. Is that well? There you go. 
Tom, one of the biggest disappointments she she touches on right there. You come back in the afternoon. You're the tour director. You, know, you get done at two o'clock in the afternoon, which doesn't happen very often. And you have a dinner that evening, and you're thinking, "I'm going to steal a nap this afternoon." And you get back to the room, and you open the door at two o'clock, and you see that the housekeeper hasn't been there yet. And so now, and you look, you, you go out and look in the hallway, and she's two hallway. doors, she's two doors away. So you know that um, at there's not going to be a nap because at some point the housekeeper is going to is going to fall in. Yeah, I yes. I sort of agree with our caller on that one. Yeah, especially you, Mister. Uh, Got to have my room cleaned every day, guy. He'd give up a nap to make sure that his his bed gets tucked in. But she uh. makes a good point in that if if yeah. there's a if there's a dollar saving involved. Now listen, housekeeping is a very expensive cost for hotels in New York City. It costs them roughly 15 to $20 to have each individual room cleaned in a major hotel because the housekeepers are union. I know what they make. I know how many rooms they're supposed to clean every day. So it varies between about 15 and $20 a room. So the hotel has a significant saving if they don't have to hire a housekeeper to clean your room. So I really like the idea, and, and, and this is not brand new. This was before COVID, was that, you know, if you don't want a housekeeper, um, we'll give you some extra points or we'll do something a little bit extra for you. It really wasn't a fair balance. But nonetheless, if a, if a hotel told me, I'll, we'll give you $15 off your bill for every day you don't take housekeeping, my attitude about housekeeping would change pretty dramatically. There you go. Well, all right. Uh, Ruth, thank you so much. Enjoy your travels. Uh, where are we, Mark? Let's see. Do we have any more calls, uh, Luis? Is that it? Okay. All right, Mark. Uh, how about you? you uh, now now that we've discussed this, you have backed a little bit. Mm-hmm. You said, well, you know, if it's a money-saving thing, what kind of savings are you talking about well, that would get you to give up that, uh, that clean, neat room at the end of every day? Listen, even in a small town, it's got to cost the hotel eight to ten bucks for the housekeeper to clean the room. I mean, besides besides what they pay the housekeeper, remember, there's all the supplies that she will leave in the room, and then there's also the cost of laundering the sheets and the pillowcases and all that kind of jazz. All of that cost has to go into the cost of cleaning a room because if they don't have to come in there and change those sheets, then they don't have to launder them. And there's got to be somebody working in the laundry room. And so all of those are costs. So I think to a a hotel, I think a 10% discount is appropriate. Up to a couple hundred dollars would be, I think, an amount that might get people. And then people would feel like that they were getting additional value for what they they were giving up, as opposed to the hotel just coming in and saying, well, you know, we charge a hundred and a half a night. And uh, we're still going to charge a hundred and a half a night. And by the way, if you need some sheets, come on down to the front desk, and you know we'll give you some new ones. You'll have to, of course, change them yourself. But just like if you're you're at home. But uh, by the way, the room rate is still a hundred and a half. So that seems kind of weird to me. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, I'm still pretty much okay if they don't come. Uh, I I like the fact that they come in and check and make sure that uh, you know there's no bodies or or guns, and keeping it safe. Uh, about every three days, I would like to see my room made up. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to get fresh towels. And to the gal, I think it was Ruth, uh, by the way, if you just take a washcloth uh-huh. and go down to where the cart is and hold it out and show it to them and, and indicate that you need some of these, ah, she probably won't, that'll won't take necessarily, the you won't, you won't, won't need a, a Remember, Remember to tip the housekeeper. If it's somebody who comes into your room, they work awfully hard. They are the lowest paid people in the whole chain. Um, a couple bucks there will buy you a lot of good travel karma. 
There you go. All right. We change gears. Coming up, a good friend of the Travel Guys is going to join us. We're going to talk about family travel, what it's like when you load all the kids into that minivan and you, you head out on the road. Some stuff to make you a smarter family traveler. That's next here on the Travel Guys. Come away with me. Hey there, my friends. It's Mark Hoffman, Tom Romano with you. We are the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And uh, we are here to make you a smarter traveler. And this time around, we have friend of the travel guys, millennial friend of the traveler guys, who is a pretty much serious traveler himself. Welcome to the show, Steve Gonzalez. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. All right. Now, we've talked a lot about on the Travel Guys about, you know, uh, the different kind of travel. And millennials, not only do you like to go and go now, but you like to go places that you that you get to do stuff. Stephen, tell us about your core family. What do you have? So it's myself and my wife, Julie, and our two children, uh, Liam and Freya. They are 10 and 7, respectively. And... Uh, it was a little tough to travel with them in their very early years, but as they get older, it's getting much easier, much faster than we expected. Well, let's talk about your most recent trip and make people smarter about going to a destination that really isn't that far away, and, and that's the kind of places that people are going, uh, you know, these days. So, first of all, uh, uh, where were you headed on your last trip? So, we went out to Zion National Park and to Bryce Canyon National Park. Uh, both are in southern Utah. Form of transportation on this one? Uh, the good old trusty minivan. We went out there, and uh, it is kind of a long drive, so we, we decided to stay our first night in Boulder City, Nevada, just outside the Hoover Dam. Now, were you, um, were you looking at doing a – are you camping? Or are you staying in different uh, Airbnbs? What's your place of stay? Uh, personally, I love camping. Um, I, I just can't get enough of it. We've been on – five or six camping trips this year already. Um, We camped for four days at Zion, and then we did uh, two nights at an Airbnb outside of Bryce. So the Gonzalez, all four of you, the kids and the wife, you pack it all up. What kind of stuff when you're going on a family vacation like this and you're going to do some camping and you're going to to, uh, Mount Zion National Park and you're going to camp there, what are the most important things to do? What's, What's your plan of attack that you recommend people go for to make sure that they don't leave home without it? So Zion is kind of a hiker's paradise. The views there are just absolutely breathtaking everywhere you go. And so it's kind of easy to lose track of some of the small things. Um, The two most important things that we took on this whole trip uh, were our camelbacks for water storage and cooling towels. Um, They're designed to just hold water and stay cool. And when you're in 95 degree heat at, you know, 6,000 feet above sea level, uh, staying cool is is very important. Those things were were the real MVPs of the trip. Well, there you go. See, a lot of people would say, well, you know, it would be the ice chest in the the Doritos. I got to make sure I have those. You know, I mean, they've got staples, beef jerky. What do you guys do to entertain each other on a long road trip? Is it kind of like watching National Lampoon's vacation? Oh, no, nothing like that. Um, <laughs> we 
we do uh, we do a lot of Mad Libs. Um, we tell some stories here and there, and uh, mostly the kids entertain themselves with I Spy or they read their books, and then Julie and I uh, will often bring some sort of trivia to keep ourselves awake. Uh, we had a book of riddles. We did. Uh, we have a Jeopardy card game, and we did a, a few rounds of that. Mostly just to keep ourselves awake on the long straight roads. Okay. But, uh, yeah. All right. From here to Zion. Uh, if you're just joining us here on the Travel Guys, our special guest Steve Gonzalez. He is millennial friend of the Travel Guys. We're talking family vacation travel tips. You 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 arrive. Uh, you do some camping and you do some hiking. Uh, what was the what was the highlight? Uh, were there any? Were there? What were the surprises? You got a surprise. Something that you didn't expect, but something you were counting on that wasn't there, like a campground. Two, two big surprises. Um, one, we did not plan for monsoon season when we started planning this trip. We said, oh, oh it's the desert. It's July. It'll be hot. Yeah. We did not count on monsoon season. Oh, no. The Most of the rain stayed on either side of the canyon from us, um, just just outside on either side. Uh, until the last day, then the storm rolled right up the middle, and it was more wind than rain, but uh, it was it was definitely not fun that last night. <laughs> At that time, were you uh, camping? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you had a lot of wind. Um, when when the thunder started to roll in and yeah. the the wind was gusting the tent up around us, uh, we we realized very quickly that none of us were going to sleep that night, so we. Uh, booked an emergency hotel room in the town just outside the park and uh, comfortably watched our desert thunderstorm from there. (laughs) Got it. Got it. So, you know, we tell folks these days that when they travel, they need to be they need to be comfortable with the F word, which in the travel guys is flexible. Because things don't, mm-hmm. things aren't always what you expect. The restaurant may not be open. If it is, it may be a long wait. The monsoons may come to town, and you might have to mm-hmm. find a place to stay. So you had to be flexible. So was it hard finding a you know a last minute uh, place, a reservation, and such? It was significantly easier than we expected. It was um, thirty seconds on a Google search and one phone call. Good, good. What's, uh, what, what town did you end up uh, escaping to? Uh, so Springdale is the town that kind of popped up at the gates of Zion. Okay. Um, so it's, it's just kind of one main drag with hotels and restaurants and bike shops and tchotchkes. What, uh, what, mm. else, what else did you guys see? The second surprise was Angel's Landing. Uh-huh. And that is one of, that's one of their premier hikes. Uh, it's, it's one of the two most popular in the park, and I can absolutely see why now. It's also the hardest hike I've ever done. It's it's two and a half miles each way and about 1,500 feet of elevation. 500 of that is the last half mile, which you climb up chains <laughs> embedded in the rock. And sometimes it's only about eight inches of clearance before you're over the cliff. Oh, my. But when you get to the top, yeah, it was, it was a, a pure adrenaline rush the whole way up and down. Wow. And but so, when you're up at the top. Uh-huh. You can see the whole canyon, whole canyon. It's just un- indescribable. <laughs> Angels Landing, well named, mm-hmm. and it's uh, they they put a chain, like instead of a rope, up this impassable mm-hmm. 
hill to the top, 1,500 feet. Outstanding. Okay, uh, Steve, give our listeners uh, a couple of tips that might come to mind in regards to negotiating any trip with kids and family. Go for it. You know, this one's kind of a, a lesson that I take from the generations before me. Um, my fellow millennials are not always so good at just slowing down and realizing that the worst thing you can do on a trip like this is be in a hurry to experience it. Take your time, be away from devices and just live in where you are and when you are the whole time. Just like you said, be flexible. If you're in a hurry, you'll be stressed. You'll forget something. You'll get frustrated and you'll have less of a good time. If you're there to experience it, experience it. Our special guest has been Steve Gonzalez. He is millennial friend of the travel guys. So thanks so much, Steve, for joining us today and for helping us, uh, helping families become smarter travelers. Again, thanks for having me. Mark, uh, no camping trips for sports leisure vacations. You guys don't get. No, not, not really. Not, not really. Rough, roughing yours is uh, you, for for the sports leisure people. Roughing would for be... us is, is staying in a wigwam hotel on routes on a Route sixty six tour or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That would be our that would That's be our version great. of rushing it. Well, I, I hope our listeners, especially those with families, uh, got something out of it. You know, family vacations are are still the thing. Uh, a lot of folks now are hitting the road rather than getting on planes and planning ahead and knowing what to bring and uh, and all of that is. Uh, it's, it's quite a challenge, but what do they say? Half the fun is getting there, right? Yeah, well, that's yes. If you've, if you're, if you've got several children in tow, getting there is you got to figure is probably seventy percent of the battle. Hey, I want to mention before we uh, before it's time to go here next week. If you're one of those folks who doesn't like resort fees at hotels and other things that get tacked on, uh, we had hoped to get this lady for this week, but we will have her live as a guest next week. So uh, it's called KillResortFees.com if you want to take a look in advance. All for killing resort fees, by golly. Yes. All right. Uh, again, TravelGuysRadio.com. Links to lots and lots of good stuff can be found there. In the meantime, you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Mark, and final dan- word. Dance like nobody's watching. See you next Sunday at 3.